I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, it's Lee here. Just wanted to grab you while I've got your attention right at the start here. We asked for this last week and you responded in masses. At least four people. <laughs> Percentage-wise. Yeah. Percentage-wise, masses. Uh, it was four times as many as we usually get. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, please, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, can you just go to Apple Podcasts, write a review for us? Uh, we just want to try and get up the charts as much as we possibly can uh, in that particular facet, and that would help us a huge amount. It's a big favor if you can take the time to go there now and enjoy the episode. Yes. Welcome to the We Got the Chocolates podcast. It's the sports podcast for the non-professionals. If you tried really hard to be good at sport, but never quite nailed it, you're in good company. Check out these less than marvellous bits coming up. He, he is shocking. He's one of the worst. The reason why he does that is to shirk the responsibility of himself being the tightest and vicious asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you say yeah, that, Jim, like- but I've seen a pretty impressive performance at Sandgate one time. Why does that Teletubby got a beer? I'm about to walk out and he goes, mate, don't stress. They're just good clubbies. Look, for those out there listening, like that doesn't necessarily mean go out and be a father to become a better cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so. And now over to Lee, Sam and Mitch with the marvellous We Got The Chocolates podcast. All right, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. I'm Lee. I'm Sam. And I'm Andrew. Welcome, guys. We know Mitch today, actually. He is moving house, I believe. Monday night, weird time to do it, but... Uh, I think he's also trying to avoid some doghouse time, I would suggest. Getting the knee dirty again, maybe. Maybe that's what he means by moving house. Mm. He's getting out of the doghouse. Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, anyway, it's episode 89, which probably includes you more or is more valuable information for you to know rather than Mitch's movement. Uh, and it's exciting because we are speaking to a guest and a very, very good one. One that's had an incredibly good year, a breakout year. Many commentators have described it as a man that has got the chocolates in more facets than one, which obviously means winning in a sporting context. Sam, someone you've played a lot of cricket with. Yeah, really excited for this one. We've been um, talking about the idea of getting him on for a while, and we should have been able to lock him down a bit earlier. But um, but uh, yeah, well, it's good to get him now. Mm, absolutely, and we have got Goaty here, which he's particularly <laughs> excited about. This is how the chat goes. Now, guys, as you are listening, I'm sure you're incredibly excited, and so you should be, because for episode 89 today, we have a special treat for you. It is a man who has played 83 matches in total for the Queensland Bulls, quite a few with you, Sam Hazlitt, uh, across Sheffield Shield and and one-day formats. He 
Put that with the 78 games he's also played for the Brisbane Heat. He is obviously one of two wonderful wicketkeeper batsmen that currently play first grade for the Redlands Tigers. And if you have been watching any cricket this season um, and you've sort of heard the commentators say, geez, I love this Pearson bloke. He's so cool and calm under pressure. Um, then this is the man that we are speaking to, James Pearson. Have we got you, mate? Got my voice. Thanks. Thanks for the nice lead, mate. That's great, Lethal. No, no, anytime, mate. Now, uh, one thing I do want to ask you right at the top here: James versus Jimmy. You still go by Jimmy, obviously. Do you ever grow out of Jimmy? Oh, not really. The only person who calls me James is my mother, and usually I'm in trouble. So, <laughs> actually, to be fair, Andrew goes called me James once or twice before. It's not usually when he's bowling to me. So, <laughs> it's, was, it's, it's neg- there's negative connotations towards it. Every yeah, we'll get to that. Jimmy, that's your <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's quite weird that you bring that up so early because when we said, go to you, right, to come and have a chat with Jimmy on the oh, phone tonight, oh. he was like, oh, yeah, can I ask him how many times I got him out there? Oh, uh, honestly, like I said to yeah, you before we started recording, it, it reeks of an ambush that Andrew goes on here at the same time I am. And I think the, sta- the standings would be probably 8-1 to him, I reckon, <laughs> in terms of dismissals to the times I've got him. It's been very rare that I've got him back. Yeah, I always, I always feel uh, much younger when someone calls me Sammy. I don't, I don't think I've ever called someone called Sam Sammy, but uh, but yeah, Sam seems a bit older. I think I think Jimmy probably turns more into Jim as Jim. as the James get. I'm just trying, yeah, I'm just trying to picture Jimmy as like an 85 year old man. Yeah, it is the hybrid that I do get sometimes. It's really awkward. I hate. I get Jamie sometimes. <laughs> this one time, this one time at a cricket dinner, I got given an award and they called me Jamie. I had to walk up on stage and be. Talk to us, Jamie. I felt really weird. Oh, that stinks. That's a poor. Yeah, doesn't it? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work for me. It just doesn't doesn't sit right with me. I think I think he is uh, actually very quickly turning into that 80-year-old man you're talking about there, Lee. But, but Jim, I am really looking forward to chatting with you today because you're known to be very naturally funny, even if that might be self-proclaimed. <laughs> oh, well, look, uh, to be fair, like, it was funny. But, you know, we are playing cricket this year. Uh, it was actually great to play more games to Tigers this year because of COVID. It's the one positive with COVID. But Marnus came back for a game as well, and he sits there. And I'm just going about my business, you know, doing 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 what I do normally, just being normal, and get a couple of laughs as you do. Usually, <laughs> lethal let, lethal's a cheap laugh. It's quite oh, easy. It's so easy. And, <laughs> and then I know it is. And then Marnus comes in and goes, "Geez, I heard the rumours that you've been real funny this year. But I'm actually seeing it firsthand." I said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and he apparently, I'm putting mail on stuff at Redlands, and it's just standard behaviour. And I don't know, Marnus is just uptight or something. I don't know what it was, but he doesn't laugh at my jokes usually. But yeah, I just. Uh, just uh, naturally funny, I would have thought. <laughs> and buddy, we like we obviously know that you know you've been a very naturally talented cricket from a young age, and you're also quite fiscally responsible. So you were rookie contracted <laughs> quite young. Um, how much was a rookie contract worth back then? Oh, uh, fiscal. We're getting fiscal. Geez, uh, Sam has it on board in the fiscal stuff. <laughs> no denying that. Uh, <laughs> um, no, things have changed a bit, guys. The, the youngsters nowadays are well looked after. They're getting forty grand a contract. Back mm. when I got my first rookie contract, it was seventeen thousand dollars. I somehow needed to pay rent because I wasn't at home and and managed to feed myself. And seventeen grand, I made it stretch a long way. It makes you feel uh, like you don't uh, look after your money quite as well nowadays. That's for sure. Do you remember but, what you spent your first check on? My first, che- oh, I, I do remember um, my first paycheck coming in, and I was um, on Oxford Street. And yeah. being eighteen, I'm being eighteen, and somewhere local, we're going to Oxford One Five Two for a drink. Oh, what a place! And I remember, I remember going to the ATMs. So this is before mobile apps and whatever else. And I typed in my pin, and I got the receipt, and I had five hundred bucks in my account. And I thought, <laughs> I was the richest man oh. in the history. I took took out a hundred. A hundred bucks went a long way back then, and we had a great night, me and my mate. So, yeah, look, it's, um, 
times have changed with the apps and, and whatever else, but um, 17 grand wouldn't get you quite a start nowadays. Well, Jim, I'm, uh, I was just going to ask that the physical responsible thing, that, that comes up on this podcast quite a bit. We've actually, in the mm. past, we've selected a tote team, the tightest of all time, 11, captained by Sam yeah. Hazlitt. You'd be pleased to know. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I must say that uh, we've also had Nathan Reardon recently on the podcast, mm. who I've mm. heard from Haz that he's actually quite fiscally responsible also but then he was oh. quick to call you out jim yeah no it's a disgrace it really is it's a disgrace because he he is shocking he's one of the worst the reason why he does that is to shirk the responsibility of himself being the tightest and vicious asshole <laughs> it, it is horrendous how bad he is with money and he just tries to shirk it by going about his bullying and uh that that that, that vicious rumor matter about me and the style of bread is just not true i don't know where i got that from well, look, i've done plenty of things that, i've done plenty of things that are tight I've avoided tiles and that sort of thing, but I've never had to freaking go and buy stale bread. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, he also, I think this one actually might be true, Jim, so I'll get you to elaborate on this. He also mm. was quick to tell us about when you first started playing second 11 cricket for Queensland, the meal deals mm. that you would purchase. <laughs> yeah, I might have frequented Aldi and got the frozen pizza here and there, but, you know, 70 bucks goes a long way if you don't spend it on food while you're away. Very and, bright uh, free desk. Yeah. Oh, mate, you can go through at some point. Yeah, you got to go through it. Seventy bucks, fellas. Think about it. If normal Australian and normal day in day out business. Seventy dollars. You can make that stretch a whole week. Mm, it's a lot of And they're getting that seventy. Oh no, seventy bucks a day. I mean, you just buy a pizza and deal with that. You're, you're away. Yeah, well, that's fair. How, how long did you have that that rookie contract? Well, how many years were you there? I mean, what was it like being you know, sort of second in line keeper for so long? Um, I was rookie for three years. Has um, my my next two years weren't quite as. A small have my next two contracts are $23,000. So I had a few more dollars to play with after that. But um, uh, um, yeah, I was, no, look, you know, it's one of those things. I was just starting to be um, around a, a bull squad. And I, I remember for, for now those three years, just, just oh, I don't know, I almost feel like I, I wasn't a part of things. I felt like I was, you know, um, just with a lot of guys that I looked up to and idolized. And I was just sort of a bit of a passenger for a while there. But, you know, that that's okay when you're 18, 19 and you're a rookie. I mean, you don't really expect to play. Um, particularly as a keeper when you've got someone like Chris Harley in front of you um, it, you know I was happy to, to, to do my time and learn as much as I could in that, in that period of my, of my life and again I was 18 and 19 I didn't really take cricket that seriously I mean I wanted to play for sure but I, you know I knew I wasn't going to play for a while and um, you know I, I look back on some really fond memories back then as well though on, on second 11 trips and, and whatever else so and I got to learn from hearts while I was there so it was still a great experience yeah, Jim. One thing, I guess, when you finally did get your chance, we we do quite like talking about debuts on this particular podcast, um, and there is a reason for that that I'll get to. Uh, but if if you remember your sort of debut, mate, there were one day one was against New South Wales in two thousand and thirteen, first class debut against West Indies in two thousand and fifteen. Do you remember those games particularly well? Oh, I do. Remember, of course, I remember my first game for Queensland in one day cricket against New South Wales. Um, you know, again, it was it was a moment where I just turned 21. Um, I wasn't sure if or when I'd ever play for Queensland. You know, I was around about, and my new heart was going strong. Um, and then I had an injury, um, and I got my chance. And I, I, you know, I was I knew I'd be able to keep for Queensland. I was completely confident in my keeping. That's my first my first you know priority. Uh, that was always in, in you know ready to go. But when I turned up and Stuart Law said to me, "Mate, you're gonna open the batting as well," I just absolutely shit myself. <laughs> you know, but. For two reasons. One, batting was like, you know, yeah, it was fun. I had, a, I, you know, as, as guys will tell you, I was a bit of a slogger. I might get 30 and that was great. I never took my batting all that seriously. I just teed up and I didn't think I was ever ready to open a batting. Um, so, you know, yep, shitting myself, got down there, 
And uh, Uzi, I was having the bat with Uzi. I remember standing at the gates at North Sydney Oval, going at the bat against, you know, Doug Bollinger, um, Josh Hazel would play that game, Nathan Lyon. Again, absolutely shitting myself. My mouth was dry, knees are shaking. <laughs> and um, I'm about to walk out and Uzi goes, mate, don't stress. They're just good, they're just good clubbies. And that's what he said to me. I went, oh, righto. And as I walked, yeah. And as, seriously, mate, as I walked out there, he took fast first ball, being the good bloke for the years because I was shitting myself. And um, I still remember to this day, first of all, Doug Bollinger, you know, he, 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 anyone listeners remember his run up, he'd run in from the side screen literally on an angle, yeah. you know, and you're sitting there waiting for about 30 seconds for him to come and release the freaking cricket ball going, holy shit, it's going to be a thunderbolt, which often it was. And Uzi first ball runs down, takes three steps and absolutely just smacks him through cover. Like, First ball of the fixture, and I went, "Holy shit! This is this is like this is the real deal." This, <laughs> and um, away we went. So yeah, look, that was a really awesome experience. In terms of my my my, uh, my first class debut, it was for the CA eleven. Um, I guess the West Indies, and I guess it wasn't how I planned on my first class debut being. To be honest, I wanted my first class debut to be for Queensland and whatever else. Um, but you know, whatever it is, it was a list. Of, it was a first class game, and. I got the opportunity against the West Indies, which is cool because I had guys like Tim Payne and stuff playing. But I fondly remember my first my first um, first class game for Queensland against the Sackers, which is the baggy maroon that sort of thing. So yeah. that was quite a fond memory as well. Absolutely, uh, and, the, and the reason I asked me, I was just wondering if there's also any other sort of debuts, uh, debut games that you remember quite well that perhaps you maybe played in, uh, that maybe another member of the We Got the Chocolates podcast crew might have also played in could have potentially been their first and last game. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that one at all? Of As- course I do. For, for, a number, for a number of reasons. I mean, I, uh, not to like smoke up his ass, but Andrew Goad's been doing his thing for many, many years. And when he got his first first game for Queensland, it was a huge moment. We all knew he was, you know, he'd been doing it for so long. We were so, so proud of him, so excited for him to get his first first game. And um, the, the, the biggest thing that sticks in my memory was Foxy Feldman giving him his heart and, and – um, you know, if anyone that was there has, I'm pretty sure you might have been there as well for that yeah. one. I'm not sure if you were or not, but you were there. And, he, you know, the, the passion that he spoke with, um, it, it really sort of in my mind sticks because it, it just it was everything that Queensland is and everything that Queensland's about. Um, go getting his cat from a great mate is and Fox. And, you know, we were ready to run through brick walls that game. Um, you know, so that was a really special moment for Goads. And, um, yeah, bloody hell, it was one, one and only one Goads. Who would have yeah. thought? Maybe I should have ran through a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> It was a bit of a baptism of fire, that one. Jesus Christ, Jamal and Abel um, on a flatty. Did you ever feel uh, remotely responsible, Jim, about like, just for not passing on to Goody that Chris Green had a massive doozra? <laughs> Wait, what's that doosh? I'm pretty sure it was an arm ball, wasn't it? Just kind of cross him a little bit. Yeah, that, no, 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 I think it was a regular off <laughs> Yeah, it was it? Yeah. No, it was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he was chuckling himself, so it was an no ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah. I'll uh, tell ESPN Crick Info to write that down. Yeah, surely we can get that change going. <laughs> oh, surely. Uh, red ink. <laughs> Zero Jim. not out. You might win that average. You might win that batting average award after all. After all, staggering oh, a trophy at trophy night. Yeah, just missed out. <laughs> Actually, just uh, thinking back to your debut, Jim, you would have been using a different brand cricket bat back then, and a keen observer might have noticed you've used a fair few different ones over the years. And it must be due for <laughs> a change in brands again soon. Right, so this is the hazard we get on this, is it? I can't <laughs> about this. It's an ambush. The ambush it. comes it, from Hazlitt. It's an ambush, but I tell you what, there's planning behind it too. It's not an off-the-cuff sort of <laughs> moment. It's this thought all day about this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Different bat uh, sticker back then. Um, but, you know, I say, has cash is keen all about that? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's right on board. Uh, the icon, icon man now, ain't eh? Simon Malenko? I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Where's my cash, Si? <laughs> it's in his back pocket. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we said earlier too, Jim, that you that you were quite a you know prodigious youngster, and your age bracket was full of you know superstars. Like I know you played an under nineteen World Cup with a few guys. Just a few names who sort of you came through the under nineteen ranks with. Homegrown Queensland has had heaps. Um, you look at a lot of the guys that are in our state squad still that are, you know I played nineties with um, Steck, Marnus, uh, Wilderness, um, Hazard a bit after me. But a, probably between sort of my age and probably three or four years after me, that that, that sort of purple patch of players has, has stuck together. And then obviously across Australia, when we played in the nineties, had a pretty pretty good side: Travis Head, Cam Bancroft, Curtis Patterson. Uh, Stecker's played. Uh, Muff was there, but he broke his toe just before the World <laughs> Cup, so he didn't end up playing. Ash Agar. So, yeah, look, there's a number of guys there that have, have um, gone on to bigger and better things, and um, it's just a good year. 92 and uh, 93, I think, was the sort of years that, that um, we were born there. So, yeah, good little good little bunch of guys. Jim, if we could get on to uh, just some, some sort of, I guess, more recent news. Your season this year for the Brisbane Heat, I mean, uh, we Probably you've spoken about it plenty of times, but as we said, sort of in the intro there, that was it was. Is it fair to say that it was a breakout year for you? It felt like every time we watched the Brisbane Heat, that the commentators were all about this Jay Pearson fellow, like it you'd never played cricket before. That they just sort of found out about you this season, but uh, obviously now sort of being discussed as like has to be the has to be the leader of the Brisbane Heat next year. Like just certainly won plenty of hearts. I know you. I spoke to you before you went into Brisbane Heat camp. You were quite keen to make sure that you had your social media turned off when you play for the when you go into the Big Bash. But mate, if you had kept it on, you were getting serious love. Oh, I'm back on it, Lee. It was just a momentary sort of thing. I just. I mean, getting back to it, I think it was probably a, a breakout season. Yes, but it's probably three or four seasons too late. I mean, if I'm being honest, I, you know, I've probably been someone that's just sort of ticked along, and you might have two or three, you know, impacts in a game throughout a, a season, which is, you know, okay. It might keep you, you might keep your contract, but you're not really, you know, living up to your own expectations or the expectations of your teammates. And I think, you know, this year, yes, it was a, a good year for me personally. Um, but I think the most satisfying thing was that I was able to actually influence the team and have some impact on on some games. Because having played for the you know the, the club for oh geez it's been seven years now I think um, you know it's been a little, probably a, a bit of a seesawing sort of thing and it's probably been a lot more low times and high times and you know I sort of got to a point where I was just, I was personally just over it. I wanted to start um, playing playing for the you know, a bit of pride, a bit of passion and getting some getting some wins up for, for our supporters, for our team and, and just for us as a cultural thing for our team to, to move forward with something. So, you know, going into going into that uh, BBL this year, I was really keen and we all did come together as a batting group particularly I think that was probably the area where we've lacked a little bit in seasons gone by and just sort of get an idea of how we want to go about it and, and if, if we needed to change that, we probably did. Um, how are we going to do it and how can we be more consistent and just, just win some games, whether it be ugly, let's just get it done and you know, as a batting group, I think we had some really good guys from overseas that probably weren't your big superstars, um, and your Joe Denleys and that that probably you know went about their business a bit more in a bit more traditional fashion, which is actually exactly what we needed, I think, for the Heat in the past. We've had our big guys that hit big six and stuff, but we needed to find ways to win. And if it was ugly, those guys were perfect for us. So, yeah, look, it was it was a, it was a nice little thing. I think I've said a couple of times we've probably just sort of redefined how we want to go about things as a team, which is really exciting, and I'm keen to rip in next year again and hopefully you know go one better and get into the final and once again to the B final anything can happen and um, you know we've got some really good people around us some good local talent 
And, um, you know, we've got many of those guys that have always been so consistent for us. So if we put it all together, I definitely think we can we can give it a red hot shake. And in terms of that social media stuff, yes, I got off it because I see getting sprayed by punters that kept losing money and uh, <laughs> kept putting punts on. I don't know what the intel I have, but I kept putting punts on. I kept losing the money, so I was sick of hearing about it. So I turned it off. <laughs> well, to be fair, we feel like that. After you told me about that, because you said it like, mate, I, I just turned it off. And as soon as I go in the big bash, I get rid of it. And I was yeah. sort of like, oh, do you reckon he's like putting a bit of mayo on this? Or is it actually that bad? And then has like showed me some of the stuff that he got. The game that he ended up actually being good, but he was mm. like, you were cool that game. He was like, what were you like? You yeah, were like eight or 15 or something. Yeah, like, yeah. You were, you were, you were, you were not exactly like off to a flyer. And then he showed me some of the messages he got from blokes going like, mate, I'm, I'm trying to win some money here. And they were like spraying him and then had to come back and apologize. An hour yeah, later. Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> sorry about that, mate. I'll just hey, take my betting a little bit seriously. Night, <laughs> oh, look, no, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, you're on telly and people are watching, you know, people like have a punt, whatever else. So it's just, you, you, at the end of the day, you're human. So, if you, you know, if you hear that stuff or if you see it, you might there might be 10 positives and one negative. You're going to be drawing the negative stuff. So, it's just a distraction I was keen to get rid of this year. And I, I can understand the opportunities of social media. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of opportunities as an athlete to do certain stuff. But I just wanted to get my head clear. And, and um, I definitely didn't actually fed into being able to go out there and just do it day in, day out because the big rash was so condensed this year. If you haven't got a little bit, if you can just miss a little bit of that outside noise, it's actually quite nice just to keep your head screwed on. Yeah, and I, I wanted to echo a little bit what was said earlier as well. I mean, it was awesome to see the influence, the positive influence you had on so many games this year, Jim. You really like scored plenty of runs in crucial times, so that was awesome. But I guess another thing is you you really stepped into some captaincy roles really quite seamlessly, like uh, with plenty of success. You know, have, have you always been a good leader? Do you do you always backed yourself to to lead teams growing up? Oh, you tell me. That's what you reckon. <laughs> oh, look, I, well, I guess no, all, I think we're all quieter like earlier on in our course, in our careers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do you no, reckon? Definitely, mate. Look, um, look, it was something that I did a little bit off through juniors. I mean, I did 19s and that sort of thing. But I mean, as you would know, going through it and goes and, and, and league when you're playing your junior cricket, it's it's different to the men's game. Once you play men's cricket, everything is different. Captaincy, batting, bowling, it's all different. So, um, I think it's something that. I think what I, I do understand is my, I understand my, my, my mates and my players really well and I'm able to sort of connect with them when I need to to get the you know the best out of them, I feel. Tactically, it's something I've never really felt like it's my strong suit. It's something I put a lot of time into, particularly over the last sort of two or three seasons, is to try and get some tactical now at what I do. Um, but I think captaincy, you know, when you're playing it professionally, most guys know what to do. It's about just being able to get them to sort of be you know switched on in the moment and getting the job done when they need to. And with the big bash stuff this year, it was, it was a really nice challenge that I certainly didn't expect. And, and when it happened, it was in the most like last minute, like, holy shit way, was when Lindy pinged his hand me in that big bash game. I was literally getting ready to keep. And, and, and um, Damo, came, our, our manager, came running into the thing and said, mate, you, you gotta, you, you gotta, you're doing it, you're captain. He was panicking. I was, so I started panicking. Give him a five shot. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, it was literally within 10 minutes we are out in the field, I was telling both what to do. And, and I'm really lucky. All the, the, the teams I've captained, they've all been guys I've played a lot of cricket with. And they're all guys that I trust. That, and, you know, they need to do their job, they'll do it. And, you know, guys like Mark Secretary, Mitch Swepson, you know, when we're bowling particularly, that's when the captain sort of comes in and does a, a couple of influential things. They're just, they're just running their own show. I'm just telling them when to bowl. That's all it is. So I've been really fortunate. And, you know, you know think about the Shield, when we won the Shield in 2017-18, the same thing happened. We had some really experienced guys and Fox and Steckers and, and Ness. That, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing. You're just telling them when to bowl. 
And I feel very fortunate to have guys that are playing some of their best cricket at the same time and taking control of teams. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great challenge. I, I, I really enjoyed it, especially the pressure of big bash cricket where, you know, you, you sort of dig yourself a hole sometimes and hide, but you can't. So it's an ultimate test of where you're at, I think, with your skills and with your decision-making as well. So it's pretty cool. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And Jim has actually reminded me of something a little bit. Like right back at the start of your, um, I guess, playing professionally days, you actually spent some time with the strikers, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, I was down, yeah, I was down in Adelaide and I saw Jim yeah. like playing yeah. the same tournament. Any uh, oh, mate. through it? Uh, I was just warming the pine down there. Not, <laughs> not much, not much to give you. Um, no, it was, it was sort of off the back of uh, I made my debut in Queensland in 2013 and went one day cricket and had a couple of games where I scored some runs and uh, obviously there was no big bash thing lined up for me, so I was just sitting at home. I got a call from uh, Chuck Berry right out of the blue. It was, it was bizarre. And he just said, "Oh, hey, would you like to come down and be a part of it?" You know, um, Andrew McDonald of all people injured himself, and he said, "Look, we're going to bring it as an injury replacement for him." I thought, "Well, I can't bowl steam up, and I don't That's have red hair." Oh, you say yeah, that, Jim, like... but I've seen a pretty impressive performance <laughs> at Sandgate one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's another story. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you know, I'm replacing him, and it's like, cool, yeah, no worries, I'll come out. Another bloody reason to be here. And um, I remember Laurie before I went there he said, "Mate, don't sign for more than one year." So I was like, right, okay, I won't sign for more than one year. I went down Adelaide and. I just I, I got to work with Chuck Berry. I'm not sure Lee if he had much to do with him down there in South Australia when yeah. you were there, but I think he's a fantastic keeping coach. Yeah, he was. He's got a different way of doing things. Like he's a really uh, forward thinker with stuff. Even like he like when I was down there, we'd do a warm up, but he'd take the keepers and the keepers would do a specific warm up for keeping. And like he was real old school with that sort of stuff. And it was actually quite refreshing to go down there and get that because at the time we didn't have Chuck second with us in Queensland. He was doing his own thing separately, and we didn't have a keeping coach as such. Um, in Queensland, so it was nice to go down there and get someone that was purely a keeper that wanted to work with keepers, and just go through some stuff through there. I think when I went down there, I didn't expect to play there again. Um, it was a case I probably wasn't, well, I definitely wasn't ready. Uh, I wasn't mature enough to play big bash cricket when you, you really are. It, yes, it's T20, it's a bit of a hit and a giggle, but you're, you're tested with other shit while you're playing it. Um, so I was just down there for, for the experience, really. I didn't think Timmy Ludeman was keeping at the time. He was playing some of his best cricket down there, so I didn't really see a way in. But it was just nice to be a part of it. You know, I set up down there. What it did do, I think, is it gave me uh, an opportunity in Brisbane because I think they felt like, okay, we're a local guy that's now had to go south. He's you know, obviously got a bit of talent. He's played a bit for Queensland. I think it gave me my, my foot up to go back and play for, well, be a part of the Heat next year um, when that extra 12 months maybe just gave me a bit more time to be a bit more ready for Big Bash cricket when I did play down there. So 
I was very thankful for my experience down there. Got to work with Chuck Barry White down there and got to, got to know a few of those guys down there as well who I've actually got some good mates out of that was Alex Ross and whatever else. So it's a great experience. Um, no games played, but it's nice to the six six weeks drinking uh, red wine while I was down there in the Barossa as well. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it was all, it's all part of your development, and we talked a bit about it before your development on the field, and I guess you've developed a bit off the field too. Now, I mean, you're very much an RM Williams button-up shirt sort of man. Mm-hmm. At Matt Rentrell's wedding, you wore a sort of Bob Catter country hat, but um, you know, photos of you. Gordon Cooper has. Watch out the bats. Uh, <laughs> I'm real worried about the news that, headlines that's not, tomorrow. That's not his joke either, boys. <laughs> No, definitely you not. Still a joke? Has he stolen that one? Oh, well, I was referred to it. A few different people referred to it as that. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, photos of you from high school, Jim, show a different story. If you ear piercings, a oh, yeah. trendy, oh, yeah, trendy pop that. band oh, sort yeah. of hairstyles. This had to come oh, yeah, up. Yeah, there was oh, a yeah, ropey, ropey dress from James Pearson in his younger days. Oh, lethal. Don't you start it to you, son. Yeah, I never had the look, bling fellas, ring. Look, fellas, and uh, no, no, look, we, you, you're going to go through these things, you know. And, and when you get older, you look back at it going, "Geez, I kicked my own ass." But, <laughs> but you have to go through these things to sort of understand who you are when you're a bit older, I think. And uh, look, at, at, from a new father, from a parenting point of view, I now know what to look for when my child's going in a wayward direction, <laughs> back in the line. Because I've been through it myself. But, uh, yeah, look, I wouldn't recommend bleaching your hair for the formal anytime. <laughs> you um, you mentioned fatherhood, Jim, and, like, uh, I, I sort of put, you know, I guess my improved cricket over the last few years, um, maybe not the last year just gone, but, like, being a father <laughs> obviously gives you a new perspective on things. Like, surely that had a positive effect on your cricket as well. Oh, definitely, Drew. I think, oh, I mean, you've been through it yourself. It certainly gives you perspective on... Um, you know, yes, cricket's very important, don't get me wrong, um, but it's not as important as your family and your, ch- and your kids. Um, and you look, everyone everyone who goes through it tells you that, mm. and you don't. It's not until you actually, actually do it, you go, oh, okay, that's what they're talking about. I actually feel it now. Yeah. Um, well, the best way I can put it is no matter what sort of day you've had, good, bad, or otherwise, if you've scored 100 for Queensland or you've got out for a duck for Queensland, you come home and that little kid's decided, I've got a she nappy, I need a bath, mm. I need to be fed. They don't give a shit what your day's been like. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to fix that up and make sure they're right. Um, yeah, well, that's and, the next question. How, how are the fathering skills? Yeah, I'm interested oh, in that. Critique your own they're, performance, Jim. They're, they're improved. I'm certainly having more time at home lately. I think it's it's definitely a practice thing. Um, you know, obviously she's now almost one, so mm. you, you, you're in the golden years now. But that first, that first, as you guys, as you'll remember, that first six months is tough. It yeah. really is. Like, it, you... you Especially, so it was time last year. She was born in May last year, so sort of going to a preseason when you're getting flogged a little bit and you're not getting as much sleep as you'd like, and it really does test you where you're at. But you know, it's all worth it. it really is like it's it's great. It's it's such a good thing. Um, my boy, I always felt cause my, there's a big gap between me and my little brothers. I've always felt that there's a bit of a father father figure in that space. So it's always something that I've felt that I've, I've been prepared for, or always sort of done. So and then once you actually get into it, it's just. The there's no, there's no, there's no feeling like it. There's no love like it. There really yeah. isn't like it. It's, um, it's great, and it does give you a lot of perspective. And, I, and look, it, it might not be a direct. That's why my cricket's better. I've certainly done other things as well, but I definitely think it's, it's definitely been a, a contributing factor into, you know, my last season certainly. Yeah, and I just like for those out there listening, like that doesn't necessarily mean go out and be a father to become a better cricketer. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so Dylan, didn't you write that on Twitter? Yeah, no, I, I have to tell that to Dylan McLaughlin every second week. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, just I was going to bring your fathering skills into it as well, Gary, if you don't mind. Of course. Obviously, I've never been a dad, so 
uh, far beyond me to give critique. Uh, yeah, critique or give any advice here. Yeah. But just wondering your thoughts, Jim. Yesterday, uh, we actually celebrated Goaty's son Dom's uh, third party at New Farm, New Farm Park. Oh, Quite wow. hard to find, as it turns out. It's actually not. Okay, <laughs> it's right in the middle of town. Can't, literally can't miss it. It's the biggest uh, park in town. Anyway, the, the invite didn't state the time that clearly, and so someone might have been late. Anyway, um, <laughs> as, as we, it's a reoccurring thing for you, Lee. You're always late. <laughs> Just unlucky, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's bad luck more than bad management. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but yesterday, Cody, I don't know. I've never, got, I haven't even got to speak to you about this. But what were your thoughts on? We've got a three-year-old party, mm-hmm. New Farm Park here. Mm-hmm. Look, fifteen meters to my right, and there was beer bongs. Oh, that's <laughs> it was unbelievable! Like, it was it? like a full twenty-first yeah. set up at twelve like, midday. Fluoro active wear. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible sights. Fluoro active wear that was quite hungry in the Norse yes, region. Yes, it's been yeah. <laughs> No, it was, it was male or female, fellas. A little bit from column A and a little from column yeah. B. Yeah, oh, I think wow. I think it was a female twenty first, but there were definitely males. There. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I'm eating jelly and fairy bread over here, <laughs> and they're having jello shots, and they're having jello shots out of people's belly buttons, <laughs> both in New Farm Park. Brilliant. I talked on to the footy on um, on Saturday night, and then oh, he's obviously being three. He's a young boy, so I took him to watch the Rovers game. And, Went did a les kiss just before half time, and there was a uh, a guy dressed up as the red Teletubby. Actually, oh, perfect. yeah. And Dom pointed out, Dad, why has that Teletubby got a beer? That's a tough one, man. It's a you real answer? tough one answer that one. How did you explain that he was off the tour? Or something? I don't know. <laughs> this was obviously apple juice, break, and I hope it was only beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Challenging uh, Jim to get enough sleep during the season. You'd been. Getting down some coffees during the season to stay awake on the field. Uh, I actually dabbled in a caffeine strip this year. Has um, it was quite an eye opener for me. I'm not sure if it was just this one game I scored runs in, but uh, the caffeine strip became a regular thing for me after that. And yeah, look, mate, um, you find a way. Has it's one of those things you, you sort of you just get used to. I mean, you, um, I've always been a fan of, of sleeping. I'm always in bed early, and I'm always up early, but. And in between now, it's a couple of wake-ups as well, what it was at least in that first six months. And you just you just become used to it. It's just one of those things you you have to do. Um, to the way it is, you find a way. Yeah, those caffeine strips really did give you a kick, didn't they? But I tell you what, if you're uh, if you're looking for a coffee off the field or to get wake you up in the morning, Jim, we we know we know a few guys at uh, Alchemy Cordials Australia, and they've got a good range of coffee syrups for you. They've got flavors like hazelnut, caramel, vanilla, choc orange, butterscotch, chili, coconut, plenty more. So uh, so Jim, jump on the Alchemy Cordials Australia website. Use the, the code WGTC10 at the checkout for ten percent off and free shipping, mate. Brilliant, Wow, that was seamless, Haz. That was, that was <laughs> brilliant. Just, just does not That miss. is just a clinic. <laughs> that was coming, did you? That was a clinic. Uh, I, I caught gyms. wind of it halfway through. It was excellent. Yeah, poor old Jim's talking about his sleeping habits, and you're just trying to get yeah. his sponsor plug. And <laughs> yeah, thanks to Notox as well. Get to make caffeine strips, Haz. <laughs> hey, Jim, there was one other thing that I wanted to confront you about too, and there's no better place to do that than on the podcast rather than in a private mm. conversation. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Mate, uh, I've never seen a man that is keener for a post-game beer, like especially if we've had a huge day <laughs> in the dirt. Like maybe Goaty, but it has to be a craft beer. Um, yeah. So I've never seen never seen someone that's that's so keen. But equally, I've never seen a man be able to do the one beer and run <laughs> operation quite so well <laughs> or more effectively. Do you actually genuinely just really fang a beer, like just one single beer after a game of cricket? Oh, I think six, but <laughs> one one just tip of the iceberg. I've got to drive legally still, so 
and I've also got a whinging baby to get home to. Otherwise, I'll be getting my balls cut off when I get home. So, buy the baby. Or... Look, oh, yeah, a bit of both. <laughs> it's it's uh, look, mate. Look, I, I, I look. Anyone who plays cricket at any level will understand the trials and tribulations of a hot day in the sun, particularly with somewhere crappy like Sandgate. Mm. Anyway, you spend the day in the dirt, they're usually as flat as anything. You walk off the field, it's about a kilometre from the field to the freaking change room. You walk into the you walk into the freaking tuck shop and you go, can I please have a forest gold? There is nothing that tastes better. It is just, it is just. There's a few things. <laughs> nah, see, no, oh, look, oh, no, Guys, you know I love a craft beer, but yeah, I think I, I still I, I think I still would prefer four X just because I don't want to be freaking pissed after one. Nah, that hurts. You, you quick, quick four X just to get in, just just hydrates a little bit. It's mostly water, yeah, and it's just it a is nice actually. little touch. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. good. It just Jim's the best at it. He can be looking like eighty eight overs, eighty eight over mark. Yeah. Jeez, I'm looking forward to a beer after yeah. play lethal. <laughs> right. Thanks for that one, Jim. Anyway, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> when we play with lethal, grass, it's been eighty eight overs. You're over at cover, you're not at slip. Yeah, good point. I was, plus, I kept dropping them in the slips, so I got punted. <laughs> Did you? Oh, I was horrendous. Not as bad as Liam Smith. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just find that they don't nick them that often, and then when they come, they surprise you, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> Um, Cody, can you, the one thing also that I wanted you to um, ask or more tell Jim about is just your theory, uh, if we wind back to Jimmy's uh, younger years, mm. Brisbane State High oh, representative, yes. just yes. Your, your little theory about running between wickets that you've got with the Brisbane State High. Jim, I have a theory about running between wickets, play people at State High. So mm. I have a thing, I reckon they've produced the worst runner between wickets of any school that's ever existed. Is <laughs> <laughs> it just because of me and Marnus? Uh, Jack Wildermuth. Josh Daskam. Josh, Dask- oh, yeah. Josh Daskam. Yeah, very true. Very uh, true. The amount of mix-ups I've seen between uh, Wildermuth and Daskam. Wildermuth because he's not a great caller. Daskam because he's not a great athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Lucky Peterson's another one too I really like Lucky He's a great fella But terrible runner Between the wickets We literally say Okay here's a run out When he walks out Within eight minutes There's a run out We're bowling for run outs <laughs> Yeah bowling for run outs Field is back And run He's Laurie's though he See, I, thought he stayed stayed I thought he was saying no, I thought he was saying He's Laurie's There you go We'll take that out nah. but Just around the corner Just around the corner But Daskam Wildermuth Labashane Pearson. Pearson Thoughts mm. Well yeah, look, it's hard to argue with that when you put those names <laughs> together. Oh, I forgot about those other two Valley diehards yeah. and bad runners. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's quite a common denominator there. We went to the same school, and Martin and I have had, geez, I can't count the amount of runouts we've had together. Usually I'm on the receiving end of mm. being run out too because of him. Yeah, I've batted with Martin once and he's ran me out once. Yeah, 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 exactly right. But you so, batted with him once and he ran you out twice. Nearly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been out at both ends. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> it's so true, though. Yeah, we've got an issue, don't we? I think maybe they made our wickets like the wicket like shorter or something, I don't know, or longer or something. We just can't make it ground. I don't know mm. what it is, but we certainly uh, have an issue to worry. <laughs> I hope Nemo fix it in his time there. Yeah, well, they might be listening. I think that whoever's doing director of cricket at State High now, I reckon he listens to the podcast. So yeah, probably. Could he's, be. One, he's one of the nine. Yeah, sorry to the sure sorry to the year 12 boys that are doing running between wickets <laughs> training tomorrow. Run a free test. Yeah. Yeah, Full kit, boys. Right. <laughs> mm, Jimmy, you've been great. Uh, we're just about done. We'll wrap it up soon. I, I, we haven't even got to this yet. I just wanted to know before you go how your, uh, how your off-season's been. Have you been out in the water for any fishing? Have you been successful? Caught any fish out there? I've uh, done a little bit, has not nearly as much as I would have liked uh, for two reasons. One, the weather has had periods of wind. It's not real fun when it's windy and, and I've actually been bloody stuck with my uni work and I've just, I can see the light in the tunnel. I'm always fishing my degree so I've sort of been putting a bit of time into that but I've, I've snuck out once or twice and I've got to feed 
beat a snapper about three weeks ago and I went off a of Calandra last week and got a couple of um, tuna. So I've done a little bit, not as much as I would have liked, but hopefully over the next little bit during the winter I can get some time and, and go out there and have a squirt. Beauty, good to hear. And Jim, just to, just to humour my uh, fellow co-host here, I know obviously we've talked heaps about your breakout year, about your great cricket that you're playing at the moment. You face some unbelievable bowlers uh, all over Australia. Uh, is there any bowler that uh, has given you more trouble than any other <laughs> across your years of playing cricket? Absolutely not. <laughs> I still have nightmares about it. And then the one time, and then, and then one time he takes me on a level of cerebral attack, and he comes and texts me the night before a game. It's a picture of him being freaking locker. <laughs> and I just, see that, actually, that was funny. I was just rattled. I, just I, just, yeah, I rattled. a photo of me bowling, and I said, "See you tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> Cerebral attack, absolute ambush. <laughs> ambush. Was, I forgot about that. That, that was funny. That's actually. the definition of an ambush. There's been Come times on. where it looks like you just freeze with you get ambushed of the brain, and you just. You, I reckon you've left him oh. eight times. Oh, mate, I can. I doesn't say I can. I've actually knocked off a shot a couple of times. Like, it would have been three or four times. And you know what the worst thing was in his last game, freaking forever. He bumped me out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jim, you're not alone there. I actually bumped out half your squad this year. So unbelievable. <laughs> Nathan McSweeney and Bryce Street, I hope you're listening. They will be. They will be. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. What a sad state of affairs. I know, no, it's really, it is quite awful, but I can't move anymore. Well, I remember Aaron Nye said in 2011 that you had a quick bumper, so. He was obviously lying. <laughs> maybe maybe 12 years later, it's still that way. Maybe. Is, is 104 quick? With <laughs> <laughs> the keeper up. Well, has hit me into the bloody tennis court, so I don't think he had too much trouble with it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was going to back there. <laughs> Uh, perfect. Uh, it's been great, uh, Jim, to, to chat to you. I think we've also got some great intel into where the words ambush and frick come from because uh, <laughs> we've, we've used them plenty of times throughout the podcasting journey and now we've got to see sort of the source of them, I reckon, a lot of the time. I'll take ambush, but frick's masters. I got it from him. Yeah, but didn't you start saying it to take the piss out of him? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah. Uh, it was something like that. That and sharks. And the Michelle and the Michelle Trooper. Oh, that is the <laughs> that greatest story ever. Oh, One of the greats. Mate, we we just just to build on that, Jim, we've got to tell you, me and Goddy were doing a coaching session one time with like these are ten and eleven year old kids. And um, it's a, like I was telling Goaty that story about Manus running yeah. into the huddle, going like, "Yeah, boys, got a got a Michelle three. What, what? No, it was four, four wasn't it? We always four put May on it, but it was actually four for. He's like, "Got a Michelle Fourfer," and having to explain to him that Michelle Fourfer <laughs> was an actress, and then and then we've got these kids. They were literally saying anything. Oh. Like they they would just set it for the rest of the after. They're like, yeah. "Boys, I'm, I'm going to go and hit someone on the Michelle bowling machine." For like we just Get started Michelle drink for. We started something we couldn't control. Can you give me some Michelle throwdowns for? Oh, freaking it's hell. It's like COVID. There's no vaccine for that. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah, that's right. I was very pleased when that coaching day ended. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so Jim, good. we appreciate your time so much, man. It's one we've worked hard to get you on the podcast, but it's an outstanding debut for you. And thank you very much for uh, getting us the chocks there. No worries, boys. Anytime. Outstanding, mate. Enjoy your off-season. And uh, Thanks, we'll speak buddy. to you in season next uh, next year. Or not year. Bye for now. Guys, what a chat that was. James Pierce, James and Jimmy. Jim. Jim. 
It's not easy uh, to get a laugh out of me sometimes, but I laughed more in that episode than I have for a very long time. So Tell me, he's a funny man. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've, told, I've been saying this. I've been pushing this barrel for a while. Manus hates it. Yeah, I've been pushing back a bit too, so I'm, I'll, I've got to admit to it now, I guess. <laughs> Has hates it as well. But <laughs> now he's said it. I look forward to listening back to this one, see if he's as funny as what we thought he was. Gody? No, perfect. Great chat. Great chat. Now, uh, if you are listening at home and you are thinking, geez, I've got a great idea for a guest that they should speak to, or you've just got a story that you would like to be covered on the Week of the Chocolates podcast, we would absolutely love to hear from you. The way that you can do that is by heading to our website, which Mitch is usually in charge of. That is www.wegotthechocolates.com.au. There you will find links to our social media. You can just message us, direct messages there on Instagram, Facebook, uh, even on TikTok, in fact. That, that's a little platform we use as well. Yeah, and also on that website, uh, don't be afraid to jump in and buy some merch. It's uh, winter now, getting chilly, so uh, buy two T-shirts. Keep you warm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like we mentioned at the start, if you haven't already done so, please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, and if you want to support us, please also go and support our sponsors. And our major sponsor is Alchemy Cordials Australia. So you can go on their website and at the checkout, you can use the code WDTC10 for 10% off and free shipping. And free shipping. That's, 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 that's been a key component, mm. big change. Because there were people that were getting snicked off by that. Steph. Stefan. <laughs> One person. <laughs> awesome. We're we will be straight back with you again this time next Thursday for another chat. And we look forward to that a huge amount. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, best wishes in your future endeavors. See ya. Bye. Stop. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.